Welcome to Out of the Rough with Lenny and Sean today. We're going to be going over our nice uh, Olympic preview. Sean, how you doing? Doing great. I'm excited about not only this golf, but just the Olympics in general. So it's a great time. Yeah, Olympics are a, a fun event. I personally am more of a Winter Olympics guy myself, but now that we have golf back into the Summer Olympics, I'm going to be definitely watching a lot more of the Summer Olympics. Um, What's your but, winter sport? Is it hockey? Is that why? Yeah, well, hockey and curling are like the two best Olympic sports to watch. No, curling is my favorite. I do like curling a lot. You don't have like any summer ones? Like I used to swim, so I like swimming, obviously. Um, but. I like watching handball. Handball is a lot of fun to watch. Um what else? I mean, a lot of like the the big events where you have like the big name, the brand name people. Like it's always kind of cool to see them, especially the Americans. And the the soccer though, it's just like the U twenty three tournament for the men's. The women's is kind of a big deal. Uh, but it's just like I'd rather watch club matches than that. And yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the summer, it's handball. Handball is my favorite sport to watch. It is fun because you don't get to see, like, as an avid, like, sports goer or sports viewer for us, like, you don't get to see some of that stuff or even, like, table tennis or ping pong, like, on TV. Like, you know, so it's, it is just a fun time for sports to see different things. But we can get back to our, our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> I just thought I'd check in on you. So. Uh, back from our uh, Olympic break. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I guess I should say, by the way, make sure you go follow us on all of our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram, uh, out of the rough WK. Um, but we'll do a little recap of last week here. 3M Open, big win for Mr. Cam Champ. I thought he was going to blow it on 18. He looked like he did not want to win it. Blowing the driver left, which I am fine with, because you want to avoid right. You want to avoid the water. Don't know if driver was a correct call. However, if you're going to miss, miss it left. But some excellent layups, and especially that fourth shot, just sticking it into the pin. Can Champ. And before we get into our lineup, Sean, I kind of just want to talk about this. I think seeing Cam Champ win again is very good for us. I think he's someone who's super volatile. And then you'll see, you know, what, his last five, he's missed the cut. But you'll see him just go off some weeks because just that power that he has. He just strikes the ball so well off the tee. Um, But the putter can get hot like it did this week. And it was the putter which really carried him this past week. But to my point, I think um, he's so volatile. I don't see him winning again the rest of this year. Maybe early next year uh, he could win again. But I'm assuming that his ownership is going to go up a lot just because I think a lot of people have now been reintroduced to Cam Champ. They saw how he plays the game and what he can do. And it's a little bit of the Bryson effect where his ownership is going to go way up after this win um, and I just don't see him winning again so my uh, pick for the rest of the summer is to avoid Cam Champ however um, I, I do enjoy kind of watching Cam Champ and watching him play 
because he does have a very unique set of skills. But uh, I'm going to be avoiding him the rest of the summer. So he's End got of like my, a Neeson. He's got this specific set of skills. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it is interesting though. But it will be good, good for us, like you said, for for his pricing and and the uh, percentage because everyone will be picking him. So if you do believe like LJ believes to stay away from him, then you might be good not only from the the percentage of people picking him, but also you know you might see some other people that are dropping down uh, in price range. So um, it is a it, it will be interesting for us and and to see how some of these younger guys like Cam Champ, if they can come through and win a couple and have the same sort of effect and how they handle it. If it, if they keep moving forward like Bryson did and keep winning, or, you know, if they fall off like some of the other guys that we don't know anymore that have won on tour. So, Anthony good for him. Kim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I guess we'll kind of talk about our lineup. So, least mine, I know that you weren't here last week. I did not have a great week this past week. DJ needed that birdie on 18 to make the cut line. Of course, he gets a bogey, misses the green, and misses his putt. Bubba kind of surprised me. I expected much better from him. He f- finished T51. All right, he made the cut, kind of had a little bit of a run on Sunday. It wasn't great, but I, just for his price point, what I expected of him, it just wasn't good. I mean, I didn't really have many great picks outside of that. Hank Lebiota was looking like a very nice pick until he uh, had to withdraw for personal reasons. So I hope everything's all right with Hank. I don't know what they are. I haven't looked super in deep into it or if it's been announced. Um, so we might not be seeing Hank Lebiota return to the PGA Tour here for a little bit. We'll just have to see. But not a good week really at all for me on the European Tour or on the PGA Tour, but on the European Tour, I had a great week. Um, I won't get into it too much. However, Sean, if you want to kind of talk about any plays you made, anything that you had? Yeah, so even though I wasn't on the podcast uh, last week, I didn't take the week off, so don't think that. Um, And I was joking before we jumped on here, I feel like I shouldn't be on the podcast because the weeks that I don't say anything about my guys, they do well because I actually won some money this week. Um, so I, I had uh, Louis Oosthuizen who had T2, uh, which maybe another segment of our time as, as we're wrapping things up with the season, but maybe his name should just be thrown in, the, in for the consideration of like golfer of the year. Hot take. Um, Matt Wolf, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, what he's got like – four top three finishes three of them coming in majors yeah uh, that's impressive even though he doesn't have a win oh plus a zurich when he lost or the zurich when he lost in uh, the playoff so i think that's what five top three finishes this year yeah it's pretty impressive his name has been littered above the the only way you want litter to be a good thing but above the leaderboards uh, Matthew Wolf to keep consistent with my lineup. Uh, he had tied to, for 39th as well with Patrick Rogers. Um, Keith Mitchell was a tied for, or not a tied. He was a solo fifth, so a fifth and a tied for second in your lineups, and always going to help, which is probably the main reason why I got the money. And uh, Villegas, I believe, is his last name. If I'm not pronouncing that wrong. Um, he, yes, thank you. He came in at a uh, tied for 51st, and I did have Dylan Fratelli. Uh, who missed the cut. So he's my one guy that I, I won't mention too much about. But 
like I said, I did make some money, so um, I will be very uh, be very happy to scream from the mountaintops about my results last week. Uh, Ritelli killed me. I had an outright bet on him. I had an outright bet on uh, Gary Woodland, which I thought was going to pay off. I thought I was going to potentially pull a daily double, getting Harding in. Woodland looking like maybe two winners. Of course, Harding loses in a playoff, and Gary Woodland kind of just falters in that front nine. But anyways, let's move on. We'll get on to the Olympics this week. We have 59 golfers in the field right now. I don't know if John Rahm has been replaced as of yet. Um, and we saw him and Bryson both testing positive for COVID. Bryson has been replaced by Patrick Reed, who is in the DFS lineups. Um, on DraftKings, I know at least uh, they have updated him with him in it. Uh, who knows with the Rahm situation? However, we will be playing, I guess we won't, the, the pros will be playing at Kasumi Gaseki Country Club, and I hope I pronounce that right. Uh, they're playing the East Course there. It's a par 71. It's going to be around 74 to 7,500 yards. So it's going to be a little bit of a longer course, but not, not super long, not kind of like the open PGA Championship length that we kind of are getting accustomed to seeing. But it is a Tom Fazio redesign. He wasn't the initial designer, but he redesigned it a couple years ago. Just overall about the course, um, you know, to be honest, I don't know too heck of a lot about it. Uh, Watch some flyovers, trying to read some articles, get as much information as I can about the course. But a great quote that I have here is that it kind of feels like a Northeast Donald Ross course. Um, it, the tree-lined fairways give it a sense of Montreux Peninsula feel. I'm kind of skipping around in this quote from the PGA Tour and picking out what I want here. Um, but it's a big, mainly wide open, in-your-face course of 7,600 yards with deep, big bunkers. Uh, and just from the flowers that I've seen, that's true. Just about every single hole is tree-lined. Uh, it looks like it's got some decently thick rough. I don't think it's going to be unplayable, but you might see some guys being forced to pitch out. The greens kind of uh, super, not super undulated, but you can see that they have a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of big breaking putts. You'll see a little bit of creativity around the greens. The bunkers, definitely very big bunkers around them, protecting them. Um, but I think just that it could play as a little bit of a second shot course because we do have a few very, not very short holes, but there's four or five holes that are kind of around that 300 or less range for the par fours, but long par fives, long par threes. Uh, I think it will be somewhat of a difficult course, not quite major contention uh, difficulty. Um but for me, I think it's just play the ball strikers. If it is soft, like they think it's going to be playing, uh, I think we could have a little bit of those open conditions we saw with Colin Morikawa winning. Um, you know, a few kind of just shorter dog legs. And I think just nailing your approach shots on these greens is going to be very key. And you just got to pick someone who's going to make some putts. Greens are pretty big here. So you are going to have to make your putts. 
Anything you want to add, Sean? I know I kind of went on a while there, but. No, I, I think, you know, as usual, you and Nate normally do a great job covering these courses, and today you did that as well. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, obviously, we don't know much about the golf course, minus, like, the reports that have been put out there, observations made by other people. So I think it would be very interesting to to see how it plays, to see what a, a course for me would look like in a you know, in different countries and, and see how they kind of do things. Um, I, I always think it's interesting <clears throat> how courses are made across the country. So being able to kind of see that differently. And like you said, there are a few holes that I think might make some guys second guess what they want to do. Um, what, like whether it's one of those shorter par fours that they might be able to drive in one or longer, I believe 14 is a 675 yard par five. So, I mean, that's a yeah, pretty big hole. Um, so there, there's going to be a lot of challenges and obviously that's what you're looking for when I would consider the Olympics to be something of, I, I don't know if I'd consider it a major in terms of golf because it's so new, um, but it is the Olympics. So in every other sport, this is the highest regard. So you want to see some of that high championship level course that you would kind of get in a major and whatnot, because it does pull some of that talent. So it's it's going to be fun to see these guys not only just playing for themselves, but also that you know Ricky's got that tattoo on him from when he played in sixteen. Justin Rose was the first guy to win uh, the Olympics and in, in the golf event. So you know you're making history as as the second guy and as to do some of these things in in the book. So it's it'll be fun to 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 see them play for themselves in the country and and to see what we can come up with. We as in the United States specifically, I know the guy. There's a lot of guys that will go over that are very high up in the numbers, um, but there's only one winner. So it'll be, it'll be cool to see how many medals everyone takes, but it's the Olympics, man. you got to be excited about it. Yeah, for sure. I guess we can kind of start getting into the players here. You know, at the top, we have Colin Morikawa, your champion golfer of the year at 11-2. Got JT at the 10-9. Xander Schaufle at 10-7, Hideki Matsuyama, the, the hometown hero at 10-5, Rory at 10-3, Patrick Reed at 10-1. So we've got half a dozen guys here above the 10K range, which I think it's good that there's so many guys up here because it gives you a lot of options at the top, and especially when you kind of look at the bottom, and you're definitely going to be having some dart throws down there. Uh, so what are you thinking about when you see these guys at the top? Is there anyone that sticks out to you, Sean? They all do, obviously. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, they're a reason. Anyone can see why they're a reason to be placed up at the top. Um, Morikawa coming off the, the win at the Open is, is huge. Um, and I think, you know, he's got a lot of confidence going in. I, I don't believe he's played any golf since since then, uh, which he shouldn't. Uh, so I, I think he'll be nice rested. So it's He's never a bad choice when there's a guy who's playing hot like he has. And he's had a really good year, too, with a lot of top tens and only a couple missed cuts. So not bad choice there. You are spending top dollar for him. So that's the only thing that might make me stray away from him necessarily. However, um, I don't think he's ever going to be a bad pick uh, with that. So if you wanted to, you know, the numbers of percentages come into play when I think about that. But again, anyone that we're talking about in these top couple ranges, I think, are very fair plays to be to be where they are um justin thomas xander and patrick reed are the other americans that are playing it's just very interesting that all these guys are in that top tier so again when you're picking your lineup if you 
if you're trying to go like homer based it because it is a quote unquote kind of like a team thing you know it might be tough to get all these guys in there so you kind of have to think of it that way but I don't think any of the Americans are who I'm going to be going with this week um I uh, I'm actually going to be going with the hometown guy in this in this section uh, as my top guy in this tier I think Hideki doesn't have a lot of golf under his belt this year, which is a good and a bad thing. Obviously, the more golf that you have, the more that you play, the more consistent that you'll get. But the ones that he has played in, uh, not a bad jacket to take home. Um, and uh, I do believe if the statistics were correct when I looked it up, in 2009 and in 2010, he won both tournaments in that year, respectively. However, it wasn't on the East course. Uh, it was on the West side. But Anytime that anybody has played well uh, or won at a, at a course, whether it's the left course, right course, the north or south, whatever you want to call it, you have to feel good about pulling up to that venue and, and feeling good about yourself knowing that you've won it before. Uh, obviously, different events, different competition, but still a little comforting. So I think for me, I think Hideki would be the, the top choice in here. Winning the Masters and then winning the gold medal at the Olympics in the same year would be quite the year. I know he's had a lot to do with COVID and, and some of the quarantines that he had to deal with, but I think he would chalk up the green jacket and a gold medal for the missed golf opportunities he had this year if that worked out for him. So um, Hideki's my guy, but I'm interested to hear what you have to think about these. Yeah, for me, I'd like Hideki. Uh, one side note that I read and saw earlier was that um, – this course design was, you know, it's it's a very old course, and it's kind of what they based a lot of designs in Japan and Asia off of. So I think a lot of courses Hideki will have played or have been very similar to this. Um, so even though he does have the two wins here, I, I'm going to assume, I don't know, that he grew up playing similar courses, similar designs as this. For me, I... Like I said, I think it's going to be the ball strikers who are going to win this. Um, you know, we do have a lot of these large bunkers, a lot of thicker rough. And I'm going to put a little bit of a premium, I guess, on just kind of a little bit of the accuracy. Uh, and then guys who can putt or at least be super volatile with the putter. You know, one of them, like we saw at, at the Open Championships, Kalmar Kawa. And a, a stat that I saw for... You know, the data that we have for strokes gained, whenever he's gained strokes to the field and putting, he's finished in the top 10, five out of six times. One, it's a little scary to think about that he's only gained with the putter six times this year. But when he does gain with the putter, he's at the top. So if the putter stays hot, he's going to be up there. But the, the main guy I'm going to be kind of taking a piece of in here is Xander Schauffele. I think he just fits. Like, he's doesn't have any weaknesses in his game as we see with a lot of the Donald Ross designs it's meant to test every single part of your game and these greens can be tough and tricky uh he's someone who's a great putter I think he's you know in the, in the top 15 and putting if not higher at this point coming off some really good results lately uh, he he seems like uh I don't know his exact exact stats in like the WGCs and the Tour Championship, but in the events where there's no cut, I don't know if it's just he has less pressure on him and he seems to perform better. I know he he didn't win the Tour Championship, but total aggregate 
um, of all the rounds, he had the, the lowest to par, not counting starting strokes. Um, just great finishes in WGCs, I feel like. And I just think Xander's someone who can easily win this tournament and, and can get it done. And Hideki, like I said, he, he could be a very good pick. I'm staying away from Rory. I don't trust him. Don't quite trust where his game's at here. And then Patrick Reed, kind of bit of a news note as he's added in. Uh, the rumor is that he's not going to get there until Wednesday. The tournament starts Wednesday. Well, our, for us, uh, it'll be Thursday morning for them. So he's going to be getting there right before the tournament. Not sure how much of the course he'll see or no. I don't think someone like Patrick Reed is going to affect him too much. I think it gives him a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Patrick Reed kind of scares me a little bit. Cause I, I think as soon as you tell him he's playing for the United States, he turns into a different man. But I probably will stay away from him and be playing Xander a lot more at the top. And Xander's kind of just my guy up here. We'll move on to the 9K range. Not too many guys in here this week. We got Hovland, Lowry, Casey, Answer, Neiman, Sungjae in. What do you like here, Sean? What do you see? I see a lot of good people just along the lines of the top tier, too. I, I don't think, you know, if, if you're trying to build a lineup where you go tier by tier, I think you'll be you'll be happy with any of these guys. I think, obviously, Victor Hovland is a guy that has been high on all of our lists this year, the, the way that he's been playing. He's also somebody who, uh, you know, his, his resume in terms of wins is not necessarily the highest this year of what you might think. Um, but where he's been placing along these tournaments and how he's been playing is, is, has really been extremely good golf. Um, again, not somebody that you would probably put up there for, for like golfer of the year, like we were mentioning earlier with Ustazen with all of his finishes, but somebody along the similarities of just consistently good cuts and good golf. Um, so I don't think Hovland would be a bad choice. Obviously, uh, Answer has also been playing pretty consistent too in a few of the events going back to back in top tens and top fives. And some of those streaks have to have to help with the confidence as well. I'm going to let you talk about Neiman because I'm sure you have a lot of things to say about him. Um, but I, I, I do think, you know, Paul, like I, I didn't mention anything about Paul Casey or Shane Lowry or Sung Jae but I do think that all three of those guys are capable of, of playing. And again, you know, just like you said with Patrick Reed and how when you say to him, you know, you're going to be putting on the red, white, and blue, you know, it amps him up and it makes him do things like put the finger to the mouth to Rory and tell him to shush after he makes a big putt and really become that Captain America guy. Any of these guys could really do that when they put on their, their country's colors and it might give them a different edge. So, you know, this tournament could be something totally different than just a normal PGA golf tournament in their heads and it might drive them differently. But if, I, if I'm going to pick somebody for my lineup or, or more so look towards in, in this venue or area, I'm going to say uh, Hovland is my, is my pick. Um, I just think that the way that he's been playing in some of the tournaments, he was doing pretty well up until the U.S. Open, which he had that unfortunate injury to his eye with the sand and the bunker coming up. Um, but I think without that, you probably would have seen his name littered above that in that leaderboard that was very highly studded for the U.S. Open. So I think he's definitely uh, somebody who could make the argument to be in that top range if you really wanted to. He's only $100 less than that top range. Uh, but I think he's worth the 9-9 the that he's listed there for. Yeah, if you looked at Hovland's last, what, five tournaments, 
um, where we kind of have the data for. He's gained off the tee and approach. Ball striking has been excellent. He's coming off a recent win at the BMW, finished T12 at the Open. Very, very good, I think, safe pick. I expect him to be in the medal hunt. Uh, another guy, so I'm going to, I don't know. I think you guys overestimate how much I like Joaquin Neiman. I'm not going to be playing him too awful much. My main <laughs> guy in here is going to be Shane Lowry at 9-6. But like I said, I'm I'm kind of contradicting myself. Except for pretty much every guy in this range is a great ball striker. Yeah, I mean, all of these guys are excellent ball strikers. But Shane, he's gained on approach in eight straight of his recorded tournaments. Three top 12s in his last five. Playing very good golf. I like kind of just what he's doing here. And, you know, it's tough to say any of these guys are a bad play. I just, part of me, one, thinks Shane Lowry is going to maybe be the least popular guy in here him maybe Abe answer and so I like that a little bit more because we have the smaller field uh, you get a bit of uniqueness into your lineups I am staying away from Sung JM just because there's such a big story with him and um, Siwoo Kim where if they are able to you know get the medal that they are able to not do their two years of Korean um, military service Right, so if he has to do that, that's two years off his professional golf career. It's two years where he's not going to begin to train every day, falling in the rankings, losing a lot of money. I'm assuming that he doesn't want to do that because they both withdrew from the Open so they could practice for this tournament here at the Olympics. Um, and I think just that big storyline is going to have a lot of people on him. So I'm going to try to avoid that. I want to avoid the big storylines. You know, Morikawa with the recent open win. Sung JM, Siwoo Kim, kind of what they have going on here. I think Johnny Vegas is another one with such a great finish and how he's been playing lately that it's now another name that's now in people's heads. But small fields, you got to be unique, uh, which part of the reason why I really want to go Shane Lowry here. Moving on, we'll go to the 8K range. Um, a lot of very good names in here. Uh, Cam Smith, Corey Connors, Christian Bazin now, Tommy Fleetwood, Leishman, Migliozzi, Higo, Norin, Peters, Mac Hughes. What do we like here, Sean? A lot of a lot of sneaky good, interesting names, I will say. Yeah, I I, I would have to agree. I think there's a lot of a lot of guys in this listing that we've all mentioned before or have had put in our lineup. So again, I don't think there's a bad choice through here. Before I go into these guys, I, I did see one thing about Corey Connors. There was a side bet, um, or not a side bet, but somebody put in one of the sports books for Cam Champ to win the 3M and for Corey Connors to win the Olympics. And I think they put in like a $50 bet. And if it hits, they went over like 250000 So um, go Corey Connors for whoever that guy is, because that would be amazing. 
Um, but just as a side note, may want to stay away from Corey if he reads his Twitter, because I'm sure he found out about that one. It might be in his head, might not be. Um, some guys like that, knowing that there's people that put money on him, it gives him a little edge. Some of them don't. Um, but I just saw the story. I thought it was interesting. But I do think Corey Connors is wouldn't be a necessarily a bad pick if you're looking at lineups. He does right, his before, I was going to say, before you go any further, on my short list of guys that I'm playing, I'm playing Corey Connors, who's my number one guy in this, in this <laughs> listing here. So I'm well, reconsidering a little bit. Well, so that's the good side and the bad side of me saying that, you know. So I don't want to discourage anyone from picking it. I just saw a story that that uh, that showed that. I thought it was interesting. But I think he's a he's a really good pick. I think he's been somebody that, to be fair, I had never knew of or heard of before this season. Um, and I think he's kind of become kind of a household name obviously in the upper 8k range for an event like this is not a bad idea bad thing and we've seen him a little bit higher in in some of the other events uh tommy fleetwood is somebody in there that i really like too um i saw that he was looking to uh sport a visor this this time at the olympics instead of a hat because i guess there's a little bit more of some not the pga type rules on their clothing and what they have to wear or can wear so Maybe the visor will give him some good luck if that's what he likes to play on his off days and shoots well. Maybe a good omen for that, too. Um, Gary Kigo and, and uh, Migliozzi, those guys are two guys that are younger players that have had history winning and, and kind of on the European tour and playing in some of those events. So, you know, that expertise, although they don't have the PGA resume, I know Higo just won a, won a tournament on the PGA, but... As, as, although they don't have necessarily that win or so on there, they have the, the European history that will definitely help them with it. Um, but I think two guys I was looking at, and one was just based off of last year's Olympics, and that's Thomas Peters. He took bronze. Um, I shouldn't say last year's, but the 2016 Rio Olympics. Uh, he had bronze, didn't he? No, he took fourth. Sorry. No, I was looking at Kuchin yeah. had bronze. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I I did see that he was – he was uh, the fourth person to, to take place in the uh, in the Olympics in 2016. So if you're into history, maybe that might help you. He's at an 8-1, so that's kind of a cheaper play uh, in this bracket at least. But I'm going to go with the guy who's right under him, with Mackenzie Hughes. Um, I think he is a play here that might get overlooked because of the value, or it might get looked at because of the value if you're trying to save a few bucks. But... If you look at the last few majors and the last few like big tournaments that have happened for Mackenzie, he has been playing pretty well up until something happens. Um, and I know that's never a good thing when that something happens on the last day, like the U.S. Open. He was in the last grouping with Louis, and I think he was out of the top 10 by the time that the round was over. Um, but those first three rounds were something to, to really write home about, and he did well enough to get into the final grouping. And just like the Open, I believe, I don't know if he was in the final grouping there with Mark Cowell, but I know he was he was kind of down towards the end of that uh, end of the leaderboard of the last few pairings for that as well. So I think he's a definitely a value play when you look at the the, the tier that we're in and, and how we specifically do it on the podcast. Um, but I do think that he's a good play overall just because of the value that he has compared to some of the other guys. Uh, so Mackenzie Hughes is who I'm looking at. Um, but I know there's some guys I didn't cover, and I'm interested to hear who you got. Uh, yeah, my big one is, is for our Kent State guys. You know, I'm big on Corey Connors. One 
very promising sign, I guess I should say. The approach game was very good at the open. Uh, not quite Corey Connors level when we saw him, you know, I guess when I should say when we all expected him to be winning events, playing excellent golf at the Masters. But for the last couple of years, his ball striking has just been off the charts. Unbelievable. Um, I think that dip in form, you know, temporary thing, uh, I expect it to to get back up to, to normal again, to Corey Connors level of golf. And he's just such a good ball striker. It's something I've kind of said with a lot of guys that I think that, you know, in the Donald Ross, it's not a Donald Ross course, but when we think about Donald Ross style courses, ball striking is such an important thing um, that, you know, if he's able to just get off the tee, nail his approach shots. Like he'll be competing. We just got to get that hot putter, which can happen to anyone at any time. Um, Another guy, this area is just filled with guys I'd love to play. Some little deep cuts, Bezaden Howe, Migliozzi, Higo, Mac Hughes is another guy where in a typical week, you know, we're seeing these low 7K, maybe Migliozzi, Higo have been higher up lately. Um, But Bezaden Howe, I mean, he hasn't necessarily competed in too many events however I mean 16 straight cuts made and he's just given himself a chance at least to position himself every weekend which I like to see the difference I think in a lot of these tournaments between you know that t20 finish t30 finish that he's been getting and, and a first place finish isn't much you know it's just small things go your way and I think Seabez is right up there. So at 8-7, I think Zayden Howe another good play. Um, but yeah, I do like the Mac Hughes pick. For me, though, it's Corey Connors at 8-8 eight, eight is kind of my number one play in here. We'll go down to our 7K range. 7K range gets a little bit bigger. We add some more players. We start to see uh, some interesting names. Some guys have been playing great lately. Some guys who have not been playing great lately. You know, starting with Carlos Ortiz, we got Seal Kim, Munoz, Rosner, Dietrich, Vegas, Hashino, Pereira, Holgard, Pan, Schwab, and Jazzy J. What do you uh, what are you liking in here, Sean? What do we got? What are we thinking? I'm I'm thinking about a lot of things, like all the rest of these. Um, some of these guys I might uh, bypass. Uh, some of the, some of them have some pretty decent numbers, some interesting ones. Um, like, who is who is this? Let me pull him up. Matteo Pereira uh, from Chile. Uh, he's made he's had 11 top tens and 26 out of 37 cuts, uh, but only a couple of those are on PGA Tour. Saying that he just came in sixth at the 3M, the fifth at the Barbasol, uh, and he did have back-to-back wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so. As I was saying, to not get misleaded by the numbers looking at those things, uh, yeah, I might have just talked myself into thinking about somebody. Um, Sean, let me let me uh, let me tell you about Mito, our guy Mito Pereira. Please do. He uh, he's someone that I kind of jumped on as soon as he got brought up uh, into the uh, PGA Tour. I guess I don't know if brought up, but he he won three events this season on the Corn Ferry Tour, so we got automatic promotion to the PGA. He is 
a similar game, I guess, to Joaquin Neiman and the two are good friends, both Chileans. Um, and he's someone, though, who is not super long off the tee, but he's long off the tee, very accurate off the tee. Just another one of those, you know, I, I guess Joaquin Neiman is a good way to kind of put it, where you don't quite realize how great he does with the driver. And it's something that uh, I think he was like top five in accuracy and driving distance or top 10. He was up there, very high ball striking uh, in the Corn Ferry Tour. And coming off a fifth and a sixth in the last two PGA events, Mito is my guy in the 7K range this week. Um, you were you were talking about potentially playing him. I wanted to, while we were on the topic, give you further uh, analysis of of our well, Chilean. I, I was when I was going to look through it. I, I mean, some of these guys just like well, we know from our weeks to weeks, like you know the 6,000 and below range, or that range is kind of a drop in the hat. Sometimes this range can be too. And to me, I, I don't really know who I would be playing. And so looking through it quickly, you see some of those numbers and sometimes that, you know, that, that catches your eye. Uh, so you do want to pick them. Um, but in that, in that scenario, I just made myself look like a fool by talking a little badly about him and then seeing some of the stats of what he looked like. Um, but for me, in this grouping of players, I, I'm going to go with um, another Japanese player and Rikuya Hoshino, and don't kill me if I pronounce that wrong. Um, but I think, for me myself, uh, there's not too many uh, past histories around him this year in the PGA Tour. He's had a 50% cut um, rate. He's only made two out of his four. Uh, but I think having Hideki as your quote-unquote teammate in this event and uh, being in the hometown, I think that is definitely going to I know it would fire me up to do a little bit more to having the Masters champion as kind of my team slash competitor in there and being home. Um, so I think that just rides with me a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, when you, we saw previous Olympics, you know, you, you see the Brazilians and then Rio and they win. It just means so much more because they're on their soil. So, you know, to him, it could it could mean a lot more because he's back home as well. So I think Hoshino is my play. Uh, for this for this area of 7K, but obviously, if you want Pereira, LJ might have just talked you into that one. I believe Dietrich played in the last Olympics, if I'm not mistaken, too, so he has a little bit of um, experience there, if you will, playing in the event. Um, and Siwoo Kim is also somebody in here who has played pretty well throughout the year, um, and some of the and some of the rankings um, show that when he when it comes to his finishings. Um, but I'm going to go with Hoshina for my guy. Yeah, like I said, Mito is my guy. A couple things. Once we get down to this range, I'm probably going to be playing more of the European tour guys, uh, guys we don't see on the PGA Tour week in, week out. One, I, I'm assuming Johnny Vegas, after what his performance was this past week, his ownership's going to be way up. And I do think there's very good value in picking Johnny Vegas this week. But him, Carlos Ortiz, Siwoo Kim, with the story of for him – what a medal would mean to him you know I think those kind of guys on the PGA Tour the the storylines the headlines names we know and see I imagine are going to be picked a lot more than some of these other guys I know Mito is gaining popularity which is hurting me a little bit I'm going to play Mito regardless I 
I think if you see him play, you see his game, he's one of those guys that can kind of compete in most places, just hoping the putter gets hot. He's in he's in my kind of team ball strikers, we'll worry about putting later category here. Um, I might uh, play a little bit of Rasmus Hogard. Uh, I think he's a name that he could pop up. Um, playing okay, not a not a super standout guy. His performances of late haven't been awesome, but you know he's got a pretty solid approach game. Again, like the others, his brother made me some decent money this past week, so I have a little bit of bias there. Um, but yeah, I, but there's some tough calls in here. I would rather just go off the board and throw a dart at one of the European guys. And I would, I think, some of these bigger names just to get away from some of the ownership percentages. Moving in down to the 6K range. This is, I know for someone kind of like you, Sean, who keeps their... Uh, their golf betting pretty domestic. A lot of these names might not be familiar to you, and I'm sure it's going to be the same with a lot of people. But do you have anyone within here that kind of sticks out to you that you might be just throwing a dart at that you're considering at all? Um, well, I was looking at Rafael Campos earlier, and uh, he he kind of hurt me earlier. So I, I, I would just throw his name out there as somebody that I've seen before. Um, as I'm scrolling through the names, I will be honest with you. Some of these guys I've never heard of. Um, you know, Sabatini, Lahiri, I, I've known them. Nor- Norlander, the top, the top guys of the 6'9", or the 6K range, I think are, you know, Name worthy in terms of guys that you might be more familiar with, but the bottom tier, I I have no clue. Um, so I'm going to stay away from guys that I don't know, even if the statistics do show that. That's just kind of who I am. Um, but the one guy that I'm going to pick in this range is not from anywhere here because I don't believe there is anyone on this list that's kind of close. But um, I'm going to go with Seb Straka out of Austria. Um, I feel like I've I've mentioned his name a couple times on the podcast earlier and some of the stuff and. And he's not had such great finishes, but he also hasn't had terrible finishes either. Um, it's the the Cam Champ model. Exactly. Yeah. You, you miss a, you miss six out of your last seven cuts. No big deal. You do for a win. Yeah. So maybe I'm not the trying to steer place. you away from him, but I just was looking. I was actually looking up his stats a little bit more as you were talking about him. Off the tee, iron game at the 3M was really good. Around the green, brutal. He, I, I, I just have a stats that I'll kind of talk about. He's someone who kind of just pops off with something and gets super hot with the irons around the green, the putting, not really the driver, not fantastic off the tee. But he does have some very good finishes, top 10 at the Travelers, top 10 at the Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, top five at the Houston Open. So kind of in that Cam Champ mold, just playing golf a completely different way where Super volatile and can pop off. Anyways, sorry for interrupting. No, no, you never interrupt me. I think you're you're factual. Uh, and I'll think of a name to come up with it, so it's not an interruption. But um, so we'll, we'll we'll come up with it for the next one. But I th- they're always good because you know they're they're stats that I don't see or think of. Or, um, but to to kind of end my segment of this, I I think that, you know Sebstraka just. 
being the kind of the guy, like you said, I, I do kind of keep some of my picks to players that I've either known or heard of. Um, so that's just how I do things with it. Um, so I, I know of a few people here, so it makes it a little bit easier for me to kind of drill it down. However, you know, some people may want to go into the statistics of things a little bit further or take a little bit more chance on some lower end guys like a Campos who has some statistics to the to the name that could kind of help with the $6,000 overall if you wanted to really start off with him and then see where you could build. So that way that's the lowest that you have. Um, but Straka for me is the guy that I'm going to stick with and hope to hope to see his value stay stay lower and not necessarily the the high populations of it. But who do you got? Yeah, for me, I'm kind of, I don't know if it's quite chalky. Yeah, I haven't looked at the numbers. I'm going Henrik Norlander again. I, I don't feel great about picking him, but when you look at some of the names in here, the they're a little scary, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he's in the best putting form of his career, and it he isn't putting good, which is kind of sad. But you know, as long as the putter stays kind of hot, he's a good ball striker who can at least get himself up there. It, it's a no cut event, so I mean, he at least is playing all four days and can hopefully, you know, maybe on the weekend or whatever, get hot with a putter and make a run at least give me a backdoor top 20 or something but uh, the the he's gained three straight with the putter that's something that Henrik Norlander doesn't do so we'll kind of ride him again a little bit I mean he's at six eight so he's at the higher end another name I do like kind of towards the bottom end here is at six three and Cali Samuja uh, besides having an excellent name he is someone who doesn't quite fit the mold of a lot of things that I have mentioned I guess so far He's someone who isn't a really terrific ball striker. He's fine, nothing special, but he's a very good putter. And when you get down in this range, you want to try to find maybe some stats that kind of stick out a little bit. If, you know, if these greens are a little bit tougher than we're expecting, maybe it's that flat stick he relies on can get the job done for him. And if you were to just look at his stats, you'd see that, he got cut in his last two events. Uh, that putter was brutal in both events. Um, I just don't see that happening. I think he's going to get back to being a great putter. In the last three years, he's gained strokes with the putter overall. I just don't see this brutal around the green game continuing. It's possible. But I think just, you know, if you're going to take a dart throw at someone, I think taking a dart throw at a guy who's an excellent putter is not a bad way to look at it. But yeah, those are really probably the two guys I'm playing in here. I might, I don't know, do a little bit more investigating. I don't know. Adriano is someone who intrigues me, I guess, a little bit, but he hasn't had great form as a late. Um, but we'll see. We'll kind of see what we've got. So... There's kind of our player breakdown. We're not going to have a one-and-done this week for the Olympics. It's just we could make up some numbers or go based off of how much countries pay guys off for gold medals, but we're not going to do it. We're going to take a break. We'll return with our one-and-dones next week with our WGC FedEx St. Jude and then the Barracuda Championship. 
Um, but since we're on the topic of one and done, Sean, the keeper of the one and done, so you want to kind of just recap last week for us? Sure. Um, so again, it was a 3M. Uh, I had Matthew Wolf, uh, Lenny had Bubba Watson, and Sergio Garcia was Nate's pick. Uh, Sergio Garcia was the highest out of all three of us, so Nate ended up the winner out of last week, um, then myself, and then Bubba. So at the end of last week, at the break, um, I'm still in the lead with uh, 4.5 as a garbage truck goes by the house. Um, then uh, Nate is in second with 2.8, and then Lenny is right behind him with 2.6. You could round it up to 2.7 if you really wanted to. So Yeah, I'd prefer if we did. Yeah, so, well, 2.7 then. Um, so it is get, it is very close between the, the two of you, so it'll be interesting the next couple of weeks really do. not. I won't say that I'm out in front of you either because if you pick a winner, it's, you know, when we saw Harris English win for Nate, he had 1.3, so you guys can easily jump up. So it's close between you guys. It'll be interesting to see where you where the two of you go. And I'm hoping I can make some picks to keep getting the insurance working for me. But Yeah, we got five weeks left, or five events, four weeks, four weeks, five events, Barracuda, the WGC, Wyndham, Northern Trust, and BMW. Uh, really, if Nate and I don't pick a winner, you pretty much have this thing locked up. We're going to need to hit some winners and get some top tens to beat you at this rate. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would too, except for the fact that uh, you're beating me by about two million. So pretty soon, uh, I, well, I guess I just need you to miss cuts. That's really all it comes down to. <laughs> um. Anyways, that'll be all for our uh, Olympic preview this week. You know, like I said before, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. We know fantasy. Uh, it's our kind of main site there. Follow them as well. But we are out of the rough WK. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>